Well, quarterback is fairly obvious, but where else should Oregon's top priorities be in the transfer portal? It's on the defensive side of the ball. Here we go. You are Locked On Ducks, your daily podcast on the Oregon Ducks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, it is that time once again for Locked On Ducks. I'm your host, Spencer McLaughlin. Thank you so much for making this your first listen or your first view of the day. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, and your number one source to stay up to date with the Ducks. So if you have not already, like, comment, subscribe, rate, review, please, and thank you wherever you listen to or watch the show, which today is back at its normal time and brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet that could include Oregon's Fiesta Bowl game against Liberty. That's $150. If your team wins, visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to get started. So transfer portal, quarterback options, and Bo Nicks. What more could you possibly want on a show? I don't know. You tell me in the mailbag, YouTube comments, Twitter, or subtext. Great way to get in there. So Let's start with a transfer portal. I, I know that everyone would say, oh, number one priority is a quarterback. I think that that's a pretty easy argument to make. It's the most important position in football. Everything seems to be trending towards Dylan Gabriel. It's not official yet. We'll react to it when it does and take an even further deep dive. I've already made my thoughts on the matter pretty clear. In short, for those of you who missed it, I think he is good. I'd rather have Cam Ward. Looks like Oregon is out of the running for Cam Ward, though, at Washington State. So that brings us to the next step of the offseason for Dan Landing and company, and that's going to the transfer portal to try and make your roster better for 2024. I think the number one need for the Ducks is a defensive back. Notice I didn't say corner. I didn't say safety. I didn't say nickel. I said defensive back because after this year, this is going to be a position group that is shockingly low on both bodies and experience. Now, at some point, you have to you know play to get experience, right? And that's a weird dynamic now with the high school recruiting and transfer portal recruiting is, do you ever want to develop a high school kid? I think it's going to be less frequent at positions that are not quarterback. And I don't know that we'll ever you know see high school kids get recruited and start at the schools that they're recruited to at least for Oregon, at the rates at which it used to happen. But that's a conversation for another day. The top portal need for the Ducks is in the defensive backfield. So think about the secondary right now, which did not have its best game against Washington, although the defensive line and everyone else did not do their job well enough to get pressure on Michael Penix, and that makes life tough for the secondary. So I didn't think they were horrible, but they certainly did not play as well as as we needed them to, and as well as we wanted them to. But think about this position group after this season. Kyrie Jackson just had a first-team all-conference season. He's probably going to the NFL. Evan Williams and Steve Stevens, those two guys are out of eligibility. So just right off the top, that is a pretty – I mean, assuredly, you're going to have two guys that will be done. Kyrie Jackson, I would guess. I I mean, he could come back, get even better, up his draft stock a little bit. I think he's capable of getting drafted right here, right now. So Kyrie Jackson, I would guess, is gone. And I'm pretty sure he has another year. I know that's been kind of murky, but I'm pretty sure Kyrie Jackson could play for another year if he wants to. I think he'd go to the NFL. 
Then you add in the fact that Brian Addison, Triquez Bridges, and Damon David are all in the portal. Now, David was not a top-of-the-line depth chart kind of guy. He wasn't on the two deep this season. But he's a guy who you could have seen being a candidate for more playing time next year. If he'd stuck around, he decides to go elsewhere. I think Lanning and company are going to have a plan. But that's, let me just exclude Damon David for a moment. That's a one, two. Now Addison, we'll call we'll call Brian Addison a half because he played more last year. But one, two, three, four, four and a half guys that were regular key contributors to Oregon secondary this year that are not going to be on the roster next year. That's a lot of players, especially when you are running a base defensive personnel that has five defensive backs on the field at basically every point in time that isn't in the goal line. So there's going to be a lot, a lot to replace on the back end of, of that defense. We don't know what Dante Manning is going to do. We don't know what uh, there's a name that I'm just randomly missing. Tysheem Johnson, who was Pac-12 honorable mention, uh, is going to do. Tysheem could come. I would think Tysheem Johnson will play another season. You know, he's used his one-time transfer. I guess he could be a graduate transfer if he wanted to go somewhere else. I don't know why he would. I, I mean, he was a starting safety all season long for the Ducks. If you if you removed, like, let, let's look past the Fiesta Bowl and say you didn't add anybody to the roster, the starting lineup for Oregon in the secondary would probably look something like this. Dante Manning at one corner. Nico Reed, I suppose, at, at, at the other. Let me double check that Nico Reed even has uh, another year of, of eligibility. Uh, he does. So Nico Reed would probably be the other corner. Tysheem Johnson, probably a safety. Cole Martin, a nickel. And then the other safety spot, I, I mean, you'd probably be looking at Cody DeCambra, Tyler Turner, you know, Aaron Flowers coming in the 2024 class. We don't know. We we, we, we don't know. So I think that that's got to be the number one priority because I think you, that you're just the lightest on bodies there. Now, a couple of names to watch in the secondary, in the portal that, you know, I've seen crystal balls for or heard rumblings here or there about but you know, mostly just seeing crystal balls for at this point in time. One guy who I know's got one from on three, I believe, Andrew Makuba is a defensive back from Clemson. He is in the transfer portal, reportedly looking at Oregon. Another guy to watch for is a former five-star recruit and Georgia transfer, Nyland Green, who Dan Lanning recruited down to Athens when he was a defensive coordinator there. So Anytime you have guys like that, it's going to get the attention of, you know, a show like this or people on Twitter or anything like that. And understandably so, because recruiting comes down to relationships. And we've seen Dan Lanning lean on connections that he's made in the past previously to bring players to Oregon. For example, Jordan Birch is someone he recruited to Georgia. He went to South Carolina. He goes in the portal. He comes in, has a great season for Oregon this year. We don't know if he's going to the NFL or if he's coming back. We'll just have to see. But Nyland Green is a name to watch for. Andrew Makuba is is a watch for or is a name to watch for. There's another one that just went in the portal earlier today. Achille Arnold from Oregon State. Good player. Good player. We'll see. I have no idea if there's a tie there. I don't know that there is, but 
It's possible in theory, just positionally, it could work, but there are going to be a lot of names. There are over a thousand players in the transfer portal. Now, a lot of those are at the FCS level, but some of those guys are going to go FCS to FBS because they're good enough. Some of those guys will go FBS to FCS because they want to play a little bit more. That's the way the transfer portal works. But I think the secondary, just from a number standpoint, is the biggest need. And it's not that other position groups, you know, don't have a need for a transfer and a plug and play guy. You know, I, I think the linebacker position is pretty darn set. I think the defensive backs, you need the you need some names in there. You need some bo- just bodies. You, you need physical bodies. I'm pretty sure there are only a handful of DBs on the roster right now for the Ducks. I mean, you got Cole Martin and you know, we'll see where the current true freshman Dalen Austin and Roderick Pleasant are for next year. But I think that uh, the defensive line is a curious one. I, I think the defensive line is curious because you, you don't have a lot of experience on there. You do have quite a bit of talent and some experience. I don't think they're going to be as busy in the portal along the defensive line as everybody might think, but We'll, we'll have to see. But I think that's where things kind of stand defensively, and I think defensive back is certainly the biggest need. Let me know in the YouTube comments, which are back to working normally again, so it's a lot easier to see. Great way to get in the mailbag as well. Uh, Twitter at Smalls underscore 55 or at Locked on Ducks, or you can become a Locked on Ducks insider over at Subtext as well. Free 14-day trial. Then it's $5 a month. That's it, and you get all sorts of perks. But today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel because as the weather gets colder, the NFL offers stay hot on FanDuel. That's right. They do. Chilly on the outside, heating up in the FanDuel world. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That could include, if you're new, Oregon over Liberty. They're about a 15 and a half, 16 point favorite over the Flames. Could work out. I'm just saying, you get $150 if you place that bet of just $5 and Oregon wins, which I expect them to. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is super easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. You can get everything you want over there. NFL, college football, it's all available on FanDuel. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on. Kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. All righty then. couple of thoughts on the transfer portal. So, This question came in from Tyler asking for thoughts about the different quarterback options outside of Dylan Gabriel. Now, everything is trending towards Dylan Gabriel will be on the Oregon roster. The expectation would then be Ty Thompson probably transfers. I'd feel bad for the kid if he did. Maybe he'd stick it out. Maybe he likes being the number two quarterback and, you know, we'll wait for his opportunity once again. I don't know. I have no idea what's going through his head. I, I think there's a pretty reasonable case to be made that, a year ago at this time when we were all pondering whether or not Bo Nix would come back for a fifth year of college football, which of course went very well for him as he's, you know, off to New York to be a Heisman finalist. We'll talk about him a little bit later in, uh, in the show here. You could have made the case back then. Well, Ty's not going to sit. Well, he did. Would he do it again? I don't know. I don't know. I could have seen, I I could have seen him leaving last year. He didn't. So we'll, just, we'll see what he ends up doing. But Tyler's asking about the quarterback options outside of uh, uh, Dylan Gabriel. Three guys he wants to know about. Cam Ward, Kyle McCord, DJ Uyunglele. So I'll start with Cam Ward. Seems like Oregon's not moving in that direction. Feels like there's more momentum for some other schools. 
I would not be opposed at all. Cam Ward would be my number one guy. I'm a Cam Ward fan. I think that up at Washington State, you know, they've gone 12 and 13 over the last couple seasons. If he hadn't been there, it would have been a lot worse than that. He, he's a really good football player and was their entire offense. He had good but not elite receivers. And he had, you know, I mean, like Lincoln Victor, Josh Kelly, they're, they're Kyle Williams, a good core, not a top three or four wide receiver core in the Pac-12. And so I think you combine that with just okay offensive line and no running game. I think there's a lot of untapped potential there. Whereas a guy like Dylan Gabriel, I think he is what he is, which this year, by the way, was over 3,000 yards, almost 70% completion, 30 touchdowns, and six interceptions. That's that, that's, a, that's a great season. That is an outstanding season. I think that's what he is. I think Ward can kick it up to another gear. But I, I haven't seen or heard anything with regards to Cam Ward in Oregon, so feels like the Ducks are going in a different direction there. DJ Uyunglele, you know, his dad has dropped hints on Twitter. Oh, yeah, it'd be awesome for this to happen. I think DJ is an awesome guy. I think he's going to go down to UCLA, play for Chip Kelly. We'll see. I may or may not be right about that. Florida State's reportedly been interested, but I have no interest in DJ Uyunglele. He, he is a guy that, you know, has a certain floor that is solid for, you know, a program like Oregon State that last year had Ben Branson and felt like they were – held back in that regard worthy of note they won more games last year than they did this year i think because their defense was a little bit better a season ago but i i, I well and their coach was you know apparently had one foot out the door for a couple months so i think that dju can go to a place and be kind of a bridge stabilizing quarterback but for oregon that's never someone the Ducks should be looking for in the transfer portal. I, I don't think that they should ever have the mindset of, well, let's find a guy who can hold things over for a year where we develop this guy. No, that that's not the way Oregon should operate because the talent acquisition and capabilities of the program as a result are so high. I, I don't think that that's ever a mindset. And I don't think it is how Dan Lanning and company are thinking. They're looking at Dylan Gabriel saying, we think we could win a Big Ten championship with him. They, they looked at Bo Nix and said, we can compete for Pac-12 and national championships. They didn't win them, but they did compete for them. And we're playing at that sort of level. So I don't think that DJ is someone who's going to come to Oregon. I would not want him. I, I think he's got a floor that is good for some programs, but he's got a ceiling. He's absolutely got a ceiling. I don't think there's more to unlock there with him. He is what he is. And, and I'm, I'm just not interested. Kyle McCord low floor, potentially high ceiling. Although it's one thing for Dante Moore to struggle at UCLA with a subpar offensive line and, you know, good weapons. But when you struggle, like he had J. Michael Sturdivant and, um, oh, what's that? What's the guy's name? He'd always go to him on third down. Loya, Logan Loya. They have our old guy, Maliki Matavau, good running game. It's one thing for Dante Moore to struggle there because I, I don't think he was set up great for success this year at UCLA. And it looks like he might go to Michigan, which I think makes a lot of sense. When you struggle at Ohio State, who's the last Ohio State quarterback to struggle the way that Kyle McCord has struggled? Not in the NFL, in college. Ryan Day is a really good football coach. He's a great offensive mind. He's been a quarterback guru. You've got a great O-line, a capable running game. And the guy who many believe is the best wide receiver prospect for the NFL draft 
in the last 15 years in Marvin Harrison Jr. I mean, when you struggle with that, that gives me a lot of pause. So if Oregon's going to bring it, I, I have the same standard with McCord as I do with Dante Moore. I don't see the point. If you're going to bring in somebody who is not at a peak level for what his potential is and who needs a little bit further development, just go with Ty because he knows the system and the other guy would be learning it for the first time. And I've seen enough from Ty to make me think he could be a starting quarterback. Now, he may never get that chance at Oregon, and we'll just assess that as you know things kind of go on here. But I am not interested in Kyle McCord in any way, shape, or form. I hope he finds a spot where he can unlock his potential because he was a highly rated recruit for a reason. But he and Dante Moore both. There's no upside to me to bringing those guys in versus just going with Ty Thompson. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm out on McCord, out on DJ. Would love Cam Ward, but it looks like Oregon's not, uh, not going to go there. So, speaking of quarterbacks, by the way, this question came in from C.Smooth. Nice. Hey, Spencer, daily listener here. My guy's an everydayer. What an absolute legend. I wanted to ask you ask you your thoughts about Bo's interception during the Pac-12 championship game and how defenders can go out of bounds and back in, but not offensive guys. No way Bo throws that if the DB was in bounds. Dude was blended in. So couple a couple things. Receivers cannot go out of bounds but if they are at all pushed out of bounds, they have to reestablish with two feet. But if they go out of bounds on their own accord, no, they cannot do that. The reason that like, they can't then catch the ball, they have to have been pushed out. The reason is that there is no advantage for an offensive player or for a defensive player to run out of bounds. There is an advantage for an offensive player to run out of bounds. And you might say, well, Bo, you know, might have thought he was blending in with the sideline and everything. There is no way. I, I don't want to sit here and make excuses for that. Bo in his postgame press conference, he, he said that, you know, the one play or maybe a couple plays, one of a couple he'd like to have back was the interception. That ball has to be thrown away. I mean, that was probably the worst Bo Nix throw since the Georgia game in which he threw just a horrible interception on a poorly set up four wide to the right fake bubble that Georgia wasn't biting on. Like that was Anthony Brown esque from 2021. I, I was, I was having flashbacks. It's like, just throw the ball away. You, you, you just throw the ball away. Yeah. He might've thought he was out on the sideline, but he did come back in. He reestablished with two feet. It was in the letter of the law. He was fine the Washington player that was. Now, that didn't actually end up costing Oregon any points. It cost them momentum. And that that 100% is why Bo said after the game, yeah, I'd like to have that one back. You got to throw that ball away. Like, that was old Bo Nix, and that's what made it so weird to look at because Bo had that moniker at Auburn that people gave him, Bo picks and whatnot. He completely shed that at Oregon. Like he just didn't turn the ball over. He was always making the right reads and good decisions, and he needed to just throw the ball away. He was trying to force the issue. I think it went back psychologically to the slow start in the game and him feeling like, man, we really got to pick it up and we got to make stuff happen. Got to just live to see another down. That was, I think, a second and eight. Third and eight's a lot better than an interception. And, 
you know, I don't think he was trying to throw it away. I think he thought Treshawn Holden was maybe there. He wasn't like that was just that's just got to be a throwaway full stop. I, I don't think there was any any upside there uh, to, to Bo Nix throwing that football. Like it's just got to be a throwaway. And he he would he would tell you the same thing. He won an award over the weekend down in Las Vegas, and he is going to be a finalist for another award. Could he actually shock the world and win the Heisman Trophy? No, probably not, but he definitely deserves to be there. You deserve to hear about how great Prize Picks is because that's the largest daily fantasy sports platform in all of North America. The easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports, it's just you against the numbers. Instead of battling thousands of other players, including pros and sharks, you pick more than or less than on two to six player stat projections and you'll watch the winnings roll in. Want to play alongside some of Prize Picks' favorite players like rapper Meek Mill, comedian Andrew Schultz. You can find community plays under the promos tab of the, of the app if you view the entries from some of the biggest names in the Prize Picks community each week. Prize Picks even offers a reboot policy, so your entries stay in play even if one of your players gets injured. For football and basketball games, if you have a player who exits the game in the first half, does not return in the second, that player is rebooted. Prize Picks is the only daily fantasy sports platform with an injury insurance policy. So go check them out at prizepicks.com slash locked on college. Use code locked on college for a first deposit match up to $100. That's prizepicks.com slash locked on college. Use code locked on college for a first deposit match up to a hundred bucks. Prize picks daily fantasy sports made easy. So Bo Nix won an award centered around service and, excellence on the field and uh I, I think academics was was a part of it as, as well you know he met Tim Tebow down there and everything and now he's off to New York City at some point in time to be a part of the Heisman Trophy ceremony and I don't think we should let the disappointing end in the Pac-12 championship game tarnish how we feel about that guy yeah he's gonna walk away without a single win against Washington and as frustrating as that is it's not entirely on him, and I do not feel any differently about him because I just love the way that he has played over the last couple of years and above, you know, and not necessarily above. I mean, I love I love the way he plays, and, and everything he's done for the Ducks on the field has been fantastic. But that guy is an ambassador for Oregon, for college football, for just being a good human being, and I think that he is – so great in that sense. And I love seeing him get that award. And he was first team, he was first team all pack 12, which made Washington fans, not, not all of them, by the way. Uh, you know, I was texting Roman Tomashoff of locked on Huskies. Who's a good dude about that. And he was like, yeah, I mean, I, I get it from a statistical standpoint. Cause guess what? From a statistical standpoint, it makes sense. It's like Bo Nix ran for more yards. He threw for more touchdowns. It's not, it's an individual stat award. Husky fans were all mad about it, but it's an individual award, not a team award. And anyone says, well, what? You, you know, he beat him head to head twice. Like, that's not what we're doing here. But, you know, re regardless, I feel like, you know, for Bo, he has just been so great and so tough and gritty. You know, the thing that, that I appreciate about him a lot is, is the way that he just wants to go out and compete no matter what. And I think we're seeing that with his decision to play in the Fiesta Bowl. Caleb Williams is not playing in the Holiday Bowl. A lot of other quarterbacks wouldn't play unless they had a chance to win a national championship, which Bo does not. But 
I think the fact that he wants to go out and play says a lot about him and all the accolades he's gotten. First team all Pac-12, Heisman finalist. I forgot the name of the award he got down in Vegas for you know, you know just, just being a really well-rounded person in addition to an outstanding football player. We, we should never take that guy for granted. And he played at such a high level this season. Probably would have won the Heisman Trophy had Oregon beaten Washington. Unfortunately, of course, they did not. I don't know the next time we'll see quarterback play at that level. I mean, I think Dylan Gabriel is good. Go look at his numbers this year at Oklahoma. They're not close to Bo Nix. Bo Nix threw 10 more touchdowns. He threw for several thousand, or not several thousand, several hundred more passing yards on the year. He had fewer interceptions. He had a much higher completion percentage. He played at a level that was actually statistically greater than what Mariota did, except for the rushing component in Mariota's Heisman season. I I mean, I I just don't want the team's lack of reaching their ceiling in each of the last two years to overshadow how great that guy has been. I don't know the next time Oregon will have a quarterback that plays at that level. I really, really don't because it's hard to play better than he did this season. When you're looking – at one play, that interception against Washington, which didn't even end up costing the Ducks or not throwing it in the first game to Troy Franklin before the half or not completing a pass here. When you're talking about like three or four plays that you'd like to have back, not three or four games, three or four plays. That's a that's a ridiculously high standard. And I think that that's what he set for himself. And you know, he he deserves all his flowers and he he's not gonna win the Heisman. Jaden Daniels is going to win, going away with it. And I understand that. And I think we should appreciate this is just the third time in my life an Oregon player has been a finalist for the Heisman. Doesn't happen very often. It's a testament to how well he played. And I think that next year, frankly, even if Dylan Gabriel comes in and does well, I think we'll be looking at it going, he's just not quite Bo Nix. Because Bo has said a really, really high standard. Final question here, fun one to end today's show. This is from Peyton. Hey, man, let me ask you this. Out of all the stadiums you've been to for your play-by-play calling, what is the best stadium you've been to? So for those who don't know, I'm the voice of the Southern Utah Thunderbirds uh, competing in the Western Athletic Conference for basketball and all, all other sports in the UAC. It's an FCS football program. And this is a this is a difficult question. I, I've had the great fortune as a play-by-play guy to go all over the country and and do all sorts of stuff. I'll throw in as an honorable mention here, Rice Eccles Stadium in Salt Lake City, where Utah plays. I haven't done play-by-play there. I will next year, but I've done color commentary there, and it, it is a truly awesome place. But when I think about football games or stadiums that I've been to that have been the most awesome to call a game from. There, there are two places that, that that stand. Well, three places that stand out. Number number one. Okay, I know what the number one is. So I'll start with number three. Number three is uh, Sun Devil Stadium, which is now Mountain America Stadium down in Tempe. Super awesome to call a game there this year. And Southern Utah should have beaten Arizona State. Number two, I would put Montana. I didn't technically do play by play there again, but. Montana, they've got awesome fans. They're still alive in the FCS playoffs. 
They're really, really good. Their fans are awesome. And that stadium is really, really cool. But number one for me earlier this year, I did the play-by-play radio broadcast for Southern Utah at Lavelle Edwards Stadium at BYU. And that's a fantastic place to call a football game. Awesome crowd, amazing environment, super cool scenery, jam-packed stadium against an FCS team. I, I, I think that would probably have to be my number one for stadiums. And for arenas, back in college, uh, I went to Santa Clara and we did a, a game up in Spokane at the Kennel against Gonzaga. That crowd was right on top of us during the call. Bro, it was awesome. <laughs> I mean, I, I sometimes when I'm feeling nostalgic or just want to smile, we'll just go look at the video I took of my buddy and I and the students going crazy behind us. I'm going to go watch it right after recording this show because I think it was, oh gosh, it was fantastic. I, I, I've had the great fortune of going to a lot of different arenas and calling games in fantastic places. And I keep track of where I've been super, super well. I, I remember every every arena and stadium that, that I've been to, but uh, yeah, I, I'd probably go BYU this year for uh, for a football stadium and, and the kennel at Gonzaga for a basketball stadium or basketball arena. So appreciate that question. Really, really, I do appreciate that question because it means you care at least a little bit. So I appreciate that. Appreciate all of you. I'll see you next time. Have a wonderful rest of your day. And as always, go Ducks.